Welcome to Seasons of Resilience. This podcast is for anyone who goes through challenges, difficulties, and loss, but recognizes that life is lived in seasons. We'll engage in comfortable and uncomfortable conversations. We'll share about the good and bad, the ups and downs, just how life is. To everything, there is a season and a time for every emotion that is experienced. Enjoy these stories of resilience. Today, Kim and I are talking about grief and the holidays. Um, I think that this is a topic that we want to talk about because, well, personally, we've experienced loss around this time of the year, which is the winter, and um, for some, you know, we, we celebrate some holidays around this time. And I, um, we're sure that you too have experienced some kind of love, loss and um, you might be celebrating some sort of holiday. And I think it's important to be mindful of, of that and aware of those feelings that might show up and also talk about it and what we can do to support ourselves while um, we celebrate or not. Yeah, I feel like this time of the year is um, heavy emotionally for so many reasons. Like, you know, it's usually the time of the year that you see family and relatives and maybe some of those relatives you don't particularly enjoy (laughs) spending time with. And But at the same time, there's a lot of emotions around love and gathering and being with family. And this year, it's just totally different. And no one can really do that the same way. And so, you know, it's it's so important that we acknowledge what we are feeling and what we are experiencing and also talk about it together so we have that support and figure out ways to make it um you know maybe bearable and if we take it a step further still enjoyable you know like how can we still enjoy the holidays um in the light of grief and loss and likely not seeing family members in the same capacity. Mm-hmm. I I think that holidays magnify our losses because like you said, um, they're typically associated with spending a, a lot of time with loved ones or friends. Um, and first of all, 2020, uh, we have so many regulations, you know, and um, we have been isolating um because of um, precautionary reasons. And on top of that, some of us have experienced a loss. So that already makes for um, our holidays to lack that celebratory um, purpose or quality. 
mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you know that we associate them with yeah even I was just even thinking like that feeling like at least for me and my family of um going to church on Christmas or Christmas Eve and singing those those hymns and Christmas carols like I I'm like sad even now before Christmas comes up um that we'll be missing that it's just going to be totally different totally totally different so today we want to talk about that and especially talk about how we can cope with with those feelings when you know those feelings of loss are magnified you know the memories around the holidays or traditions that we might celebrate magnify the absence of our loved ones and make us miss them more than usual in a way how can we celebrate still when we're feeling sad or very angry or very down for me um so I lost my my grandpa recently and um that has been a a huge source of grief um and also you know I I associate uh this time of the year we celebrate Navidad Christmas I'm from Puerto Rico and typically we celebrate in in, in familia and with family and I cannot do that this year I cannot um, go over there and celebrate and um, like I would in another year. And so I've been thinking, well, what? how can I celebrate when, one, I'm missing a family member, but two, when I cannot be with my family members in, um, right. back home? Yeah. So I know that's like the same for us. Mm-hmm. Um but for Thanksgiving we always would go down to New Jersey to see my family and then we'd we'd stay up here for Christmas. So you know spending Thanksgiving without my family was was weird. It's like you know, we did a Zoom call and that was nice, but my family was still frantic, like cooking food and getting ready. So it wasn't the same as like sitting down um, for dinner with them. Um, yeah, and it's like that. that is the one time of the year when I get to see my whole family, all my relatives and everyone, because we don't live near them. Just like you live far from your family too. Yeah. Um, it's like that time that... We look forward to being together. Yeah. It's like the one time I get to see my cousins. The one time I get to see my aunts and uncles. Um, like the last time I saw my grandfather was on Thanksgiving last year. Um, yeah. So it's, it's so it's so hard to not have that expected time with family that you hope for, that you look forward to. Um, and like you said, that's like celebratory. Yeah. 
So, maybe we'll talk about things to do or maybe some tips to cope with grief during the holidays. And I think that the first thing to do and which I think we're doing right now is to acknowledge that this time of the year is going to be difficult. And especially if you've lost a loved one, the first Usually the first holiday season is the most difficult. Um, the loss is accentuated. And um, it's, it's kind of like sometimes, you know, some of my clients say that there's no purpose in celebrating anymore. So we need to acknowledge that it's different and that we're going to be dealing with difficult or uncomfortable emotions. So... You, you talked about expectations. I think we have expectations with, with how we celebrate and what we do. And I think, too, that now the, our expectations might need to change the way that we celebrate this year for many reasons. It's not going to be the same way that we celebrated last year or the years before and and that's okay I remember um when I first had that feeling of oh things have to change when it comes to holidays was right after I got married Mm -hmm. because you know there's there's a grief and so much joy but there's a grief involved in that because um you know, when, when you, um, get married or live with a partner or, um, make a big commitment like that with another person, it's almost like you're saying goodbye to, um, being single and having the freedom to do what you want when you want. Cause now, because you love this other person, you want to take them into account with, everything you do and especially holidays so I remember like having to face that realization of oh I have a whole other family to think of now (laughs) and a whole second family to celebrate with and what do I do how do I decide who to see and wait a second like myself and my husband now we are considered our own family so then do we do something ourselves like it it's a huge transition I think that um that I had to face and and was kind of my first um eye-opening experience Mm -hmm. of that like things change when you go through a life transition Mm -hmm. And maybe you have um, gone through a similar situation. Maybe you've lost someone. Um, oftentimes, you know, I hear, well, the person that I lost was the person who actually planned everything. So, you, what do we do now? Or it was the person who, um, you know, had this specific tradition. And we don't have that right now. So first, you know, we've already talked about acknowledgement and setting um, other 
other expectations, but also allow yourself to feel that joy like you talked about and that sadness and anger, everything that is involved with that change and with that grief. Allow yourself to grieve. It's different. Um, I think that sometimes this is, I know for myself, I feel guilty sometimes because I'm not as joyous as I think I should be because, you know, people say, oh, the holidays are to be joyful and happy. And, but sometimes I don't feel that way and that's okay. Or maybe, or maybe it's like, you're not as joyful as you once were or as you used to be because experiencing a huge loss like that, um, you know, changes things. It is. And it is a matter of before and after the loss. It really is. So it's not going to be mm-hmm. like before. It is not. Mm-hmm. And sometimes other people have a hard time with that, with those expectations. Yeah. So that's right. another thing, you know, uh, even though that, that might be a family member, that might be someone close to you, setting boundaries, it's so important. Mm-hmm. Can you give us an example of mm-hmm. like setting boundaries, like what that would look like? Mm-hmm. So it could be like maybe saying no to an invitation. Yeah, that's like, that's a big one mm-hmm. to like grapple with. Mm-hmm. Saying no, uh, it's already wow. very difficult in any situation. Mm-hmm. Right. Or that could be... I'm not ready to talk about that right now. Can we talk about it later when I feel ready? Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is it is our job to set that boundary. It is not our job to control how the other person is going to receive that boundary or is going to react mm-hmm. to that boundary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I know that my tendency would be to like appease the other person, like try to please them and, and try to be there because I know they want me to even if I can't so like saying no for my own sake is like one of the strongest things that I could ever do mm-hmm. um, for my own soul mm-hmm. <laughs> and my own my own care yeah so if if you're in that situation and you feel like you need to put up a boundary and, and say no or not do something or, you know, set up set up a, a wall between you and another person. Like, we support you and it might be really hard, but we also believe that you are so strong and you can do that for your own sake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is very important to take care of yourself. Um, and although, you know, I know for us as helpers is so... It's so natural for us to care for others. Right. <laughs> we really do need to take care of ourselves. Um, some of the things that I, you know, I think that will be helpful in taking care of ourselves, you know, because that's such a broad term. Um, in addition to setting boundaries, I think that you know, some of the things that I, I talk with my clients that are helpful, of course, writing, um, writing memories of um, the person that you lost or maybe memories attached to a 
tradition or a holiday that you celebrate. Um, of course, listening to your favorite album or listening to a new album. Sometimes familiar music can also trigger uncomfortable emotions and we might not be ready for that right now. And that's okay. We can discover new music. That doesn't mean that we have to cancel music. We can perhaps discover new music that we like and that might be soothing and comforting. So finding a creative outlet is always a good idea. We believe in it, especially as music therapists. And then we wanted to also talk about creating new traditions. Yeah, that's like a really exciting one for me to think about. Mm -hmm. Why is it exciting? Even because it's like, it's like something new, something to look forward to, something to create. It's something that, that doesn't exist yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's our responsibility to create it and to make it and to decide that it's a tradition. And I remember having so much fun with Greg um, trying to figure out what our new traditions would be and kind of stumbling upon new traditions because we didn't have anything else to do. So then on Christmas Eve, we went to um, Dunkin' Donuts because it was because all the diners were closed and that was the only <laughs> thing open. And now it's like a tradition for us. Um, so I think there's there's a lot of um, life with with creating new traditions and and like especially like as um as you go through life and you um like i'm i'm thinking about younger people who are maybe college aged and you're out in the world on your own for the first time and now you have the opportunity to um maybe live away from family and now you are the head of your household and you get to decide what that tradition looks like. Um, so it, it kind of gives you, like when, when you take it upon yourself to make new traditions, it gives you, um, it gives you like a, a different kind of power. Like it, it, I feel like it empowers you to, um, you know, do what you want and, and take from life what you want and celebrate the way that you want. And there's so many endless um, ways of doing that. Yeah. So I agree. I don't know. That's a little bit of my thoughts. <laughs> I agree. And I think for me, it's it's kind of similar. You know, I think when we when we are grieving, when we are, we are experiencing loss, one of the things that we also lose is hope and when when I think about creating a new tradition it's looking forward to something new something that I can make my own um something that didn't exist but now now it will um and of course I wanna I wanna mention too that it that doesn't mean that you will discard old traditions um, you know, if 
there are old traditions that you want to continue, you can do that too. We we need to honor those and celebrate them. Um, it, it, it is a way to keep our the memory of our loved ones present, definitely. But also new traditions can be healing. And, and both old traditions and new traditions can coexist. Yeah, I know that uh, one of the um, traditions that I've kept from my family is um, every year we would go out to a Christmas tree farm and chop down our, our tree <laughs> for Christmas. And so when, when Greg and I got married, we um, started doing that every year. And so that's like one small thing that I can do that reminds me of being with my family, um, around Christmas and, um, yeah, and it's really fun. And, and now it's kind of like I've, I've taken over the tradition. It's like, now it's mine. It's not only my family's, but now it's like mine, my husband's <laughs> like my, my own family now. Mm-hmm. So it's like taking old tr- memories and traditions and making them new by adopting them. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, mm-hmm. like adopting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That kind of gives me ideas too. You know, I, <laughs> I, thinking of, for me, food is a big, big thing in the mm-hmm. holidays. So maybe um, that would be encouraging to me, maybe to cook something. I, w- I was thinking about that, yeah. cooking something, and that will oh, honor my so family, great. but also my culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know it does not erase those old memories that I have of my grandma yeah. cooking or my family eating um, that right. food together. I feel like it's a way to actually bring us closer mm-hmm. to those people, mm-hmm. um, to our family, those that we love. Because I'm thinking about, you know, having Thanksgiving with, with my family back home. Um, like, I remember my grandma who's no longer with us. She, she, um, died a few years ago and she would always like, like, I I remember when she was sick, she's like, Kimmy, can you get me some pumpkin pie? Just like a little sliver, just a little bit, but I really want some pumpkin pie. (laughs) And like now, um, every year since then, it's like when I eat pumpkin pie, I think of her. Mm. So it's like a small way to, remember my grandma through like a dessert (laughs) but now it's like a way of bringing her with me to um these holidays where I don't get to see her um and it's like it's like keeping her memory alive doing things like that I love that you said I get to bring her with me that's beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah it's I mean you know, there's nothing that we can do to bring our loved ones back. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some things <laughs> that we can do, though, to uh, walk through the grief and make it maybe not as hard or maybe not as sad, but we can, um, you know, bring our loved one's memory alive and cherish it in that way so I know another thing that I um, started doing in general but also especially around holidays is um, 
my grandmother, uh, it's funny. She was a very, um, thin person her whole life. And it just so happens that we are like exactly the same size in clothing. (laughs) It's like a weird thing. And that's also something that my grandma and I connected over. She would bring me to thrift stores and like buy me new things. And it was like a fun thing. And, um, I would always marvel at like her style and how she would, um, it was like the sky was the limit. She, she would try trendy things and colorful things. And she just had a really cool sense of fashion. And so after she died, it was like, when I opened her closet, it was like a a treasure of, you know, it was like I was walking into this, this beautiful cave of tr- like diamonds and gold and rubies that I was seeing. And it was all of her clothes. And, and then, you know, with my, my mom and my aunt and my grandfather's permission, I was able to go through her clothes and pick some items to keep with me. And so now I wear some of her pieces, some some mm-hmm. sweaters and some I've tops seen them. and some pants and things. You've seen them. <laughs> and it's been really a really special way to keep her vibrancy like mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. That love of fashion that we connected over like I continue her legacy through that. And so especially around holidays, um, even though it can be really hard and really sad for myself and the rest of my family, I try to wear at least like one thing of hers, like maybe a necklace or maybe a scarf or something like that. And that's like my one little way to keep grandma with us. Mm -hmm. I love that. I really... um love that that you're honoring her memory with wearing her clothes and that's a new tradition that you've you know implemented or started to keep her close to you or closer to you thank you for sharing that kim yes of course um i remember something that that my family did um I think it was the, like the first holiday after grandma died. Um, It was just, she was the first um, very close person in all of our lives that had died. So it, it rocked us all. It was the first time we were all going through this kind of grief and this kind of loss. And I remember at that first um, holiday, usually grandma was the one to like pray over the food and that was like a really special moment of connection and gathering for us all and like when she died it was like what are we gonna do you know like she was like the the matriarch of our family and it was so hard to not see her there and not have her lead us in prayer. But what we did instead was um, 
like it's funny because when when we all gather to pray we're all standing around the entire kitchen and there's like probably like 35 of us it's a huge family gathering with all the extended um relatives and what we did is we um lit a candle in her honor and in her memory while we prayed so it was like a special way for all of us together as a family to like acknowledge the grief and also grieve together. Um, and it was cool because in that moment you knew like you had the support of every family member in that room because we were all going through that together. So I don't know if that, you know, um, sounds like an idea that someone else would want to carry and take with them, but, you know, lighting a candle for a loved one, especially on the holidays, was something very meaningful for us. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful image that I have now of your family lighting a candle and being together. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and I and I also think of you know you mentioned her being the matriarch of the family. Um, you know, one of the things that my clients and I discuss is the planning ahead. It's um, been helpful because now the you know assigning the different roles that perhaps that person had now assigned to other people can be you know helpful f- for everyone for you for everyone and um to discuss together um prior to that holiday and um it's like a way for everyone to take ownership of what will happen that day um something that i i also thought of it, you know, if this is an activity that I thought maybe could be great for uh, families to do together, having like a memory box and then like fill it with photos or different things from your loved one. Like you had jewelry from your grandma. Maybe you can put things like that in that box or memory notes that you write about your favorite memories with them or the, your favorite tradition that you share with them. And, um, you know, and, and, and if you have children, perhaps ask your children to contribute with writing something or drawing a note and putting it in that memory box that then you can keep and also add every, every season. I love that idea because it's something that you can go back to every year and then it's it's a tradition Mm -hmm. like so easy Mm -hmm. you open up that box you know every year on that holiday Mm -hmm. and something that you can access throughout the year too if you ever you know feel like you want to um, access it or be closer to that person by looking at their pictures or different things and then also you know this is something that i I would love to do too. Um, if you have a Christmas tree, if you celebrate Christmas, um, I see some people that also um, paint 
or decorate an ornament in, in honor of that loved one. And um, it's just, it has a place on the Christmas tree. Um, something else, you know, we talked about food. You can plan a meal to honor that person or play the person's favorite music or song. Um, other traditions that... And also, let me say something about food. Something that I know happens to you, it's that you can put a place for them on the table. You know, that that helps helps some people to honor honor their memory. Um, Kim already talked about lighting a candle. Some people put a bouquet of flowers to honor their uh, memory of a loved one. So the different different things, and sometimes it do, it's not about doing or let's say like buying things or anything. It could be something like saying a prayer or you know writing a note or a poem. It could be something simple like that, something that that helps you form a new tradition and also honor your loved one's memory or your or the memory of. Of what it it was, you know, because it because mm-hmm. we can be experiencing different types of loss. Yeah, I definitely know that for me, um, as I process grief, it always comes out with words. So, when I'm feeling any sort of um, heavy emotion, I process it by writing a poem about it. <laughs> So it always, at least for me, it always comes out that way. Um, and it's almost like I have to allow myself to do that and, and recognize that that's my process. Like, yes, it's okay to write another poem because this is my process through grief. This is my process through change. Um, and it's good. And yeah, it's something that I have to remember to do and then just let myself do like specifically give myself the space and the time where I'm not thinking about anything else and I'm not busying myself on the phone and I'm just sitting down with a journal and a pen because it'll come out if I sit down Mm -hmm. (laughs) but if I'm just you know distracting myself I'm not really I'm not really giving myself that care that I need Mm -hmm. Which I think that's another topic too, um, coping skills. How are we going to cope? What are, you know, we talked about creating traditions, but also what are you going to do for yourself? Writing can be one of them. Um, for me, I just like to be in silence, you know, um, I just do. Sometimes I just have to be by myself and no, nothing, no music, nothing. Just sitting with my thoughts. Um, so it's a good idea to prior to whatever celebration you might have to maybe create a list of things that you can do to cope, you know, like a coping skills list. Um, it can be a list of things that bring you comfort. I know that in the past, um, we we have discussed you and I. We have discussed about physical um, coping coping tools like um, 
or tangible things like having a blanket or having tea available or a notebook, things like that. So what is it in your, what do you have in your coping toolkit? What are those things that you may have available to self-soothe? Yeah, and I think it's important too to um, get ready for it. Like gather those items or think about those things before you are in the depths of sadness <laughs> because I think that will help you greatly um, when you are in that sadness to know where to go or what to do because I know what's so tough for me is like it's like I get lost in the emotions and I just can't think straight and I don't know what to do to help myself and I don't know where to go but if I had like a box or a list or something like that already created, I could be like, oh yeah, these are the three things that help me. So let me try number one today or let me go to number two if number one doesn't work. And, you know, having that already set out gives your brain space to continue feeling what you have to feel. Mm -hmm. You know, because I feel like I could so easily think like, um, so, you know, I'm in this emotional state and then it's like my brain switches from feeling the emotions to figuring out what to do with them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So if I already know what to do with them and have a plan, I can just feel my feelings. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exactly. Beautifully said. You don't have to think about. (laughs) Yes. You don't have to think about be, uh, about how to care for yourself because you've mm-hmm. already thought about it. That's part of your, right. um, we call it like a self-care emergency, emergency self-care list. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in, in seasons where there's no this major distress, you write, write down those things, you have them available because... Life inevitably will bring seasons that are very difficult. Uh, So it's good to be prepared. Yeah. And then I think the last thing for um, how to cope, you know, our conversation of coping with the holidays, grief and the holidays, is asking for help. Mm. It's such a difficult thing. I mean, for me, at least, I want to do everything yeah. by myself. <laughs> and then, yeah, what what would that look like for you? Mm. Not I to think, put you on the spot, my oh, it's a, <laughs> Trust me, it's a very... I'm not making this up. It's a very difficult thing for me. Yeah. Um, it's... For me, the first thing that comes to mind is having a conversation with my husband. Mm, just mm-hmm. like opening up and this is what I what I need to do. How can you help me? Yeah, yeah. Um, because I'm just... So like sharing tasks. Sharing tasks. Yeah, or I'm duties just or used cleaning, to writing my, my to-do list because I'm a list yeah. person. And just going through it and, you know. Yeah. Not, I, I can do everything. Yeah. Um, but some, yes, you know, we can, but we, we, we can, we can, we need to ask for help sometimes. 
Yeah. And I, I think what's part of that is like honoring our emotions, like honoring the grief that we're feeling by letting someone take over mm-hmm. some of the chores so that you can sit with your feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, and so let me ask you, what would that look mm-hmm. like for you? Asking for help. Um, so for me, my husband already like does so much mm-hmm. <laughs> around our home and I think he knows when, um, like he can tell when I'm having a tough time or going through something. So I feel like me asking for help would be me like asking for him to be there with me Mm -hmm. because what I do is I distract myself from the emotions and then I get so busy and then I never feel I never sit and feel the emotions sit with and feel the emotions and then they build up over time Mm -hmm. so I think having someone there to sit with me and um almost like pull out those things or help me pull out those things that I'm feeling would be super helpful. And I'm also very extroverted. So my processing is always outside of me, Mm. whether that's out loud talking or on a sheet of paper writing. It's always like, you know, I can't just sit there and think it, that just doesn't go anywhere. Mm. (laughs) So asking for help would probably be literally help me feel these emotions Mm. and like um experience them and see them yeah listen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's so interesting because we're the opposite in that regard so like you maybe think for me asking for help it will be i need to stay quiet I need, I don't, I don't want to talk. Is that okay? I mean, or something like that. I, I want to, I want, can I have some, some silence? Yeah. 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 And that's so good to know about yourself. Um, and you know, if you live with another person, communicate that with them. Mm-hmm. Because I know my husband is similar where he's like, I need my space. Mm-hmm. I just need to go on a drive or I just need to sit here alone. And I'm always like, how are you? You want to talk about it? I'm here. Let's talk about it. I can listen. Let's, you know, like, (laughs) I'm like in his face about it. And he's like, no, I just need time to myself. And it has nothing to do with me. It's just how he processes. Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side, I process everything externally. So he would be inclined to leave me alone and let me have my space. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, no, I need the opposite. I need you to come close and hold me. And that's how I feel my emotions, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's really, I think it's really good to know how you experience emotions, what you go through, and then what kind of help you need when experiencing those emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, lastly, I think, you know, we are strong proponents of this. We are, you know, therapists ourselves, but we are we believe in the power of seeking help from a therapist 
you know, that being psychologist, a mental health counselor, a music therapist, an art therapist, asking for help can look like that too. Yeah, that I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Like knowing what you need and having a specialist to help you with that and having someone outside of your circle of people to be like objective and just you know that that hour of therapy is all for you um yeah I'm glad you brought that up that's so important so important yeah I think I think that's the first one that for me I I, I'm like well I should have said that (laughs) because it's (laughs) it's like so helpful yeah even therapists need therapists so yes. just because we are music therapists doesn't mean that we that we don't need. just because we know about the coping skills right. <laughs> does not mean we always use them right being a therapist <laughs> or know how to process doesn't take away being the being human <laughs> right right mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and if if you're someone who's never gone to therapy before and you don't know what it looks like or what it could be or the process of finding a therapist is scary and daunting and overwhelming, like I just want to I want you to know that we're here for you and like I want to I want to help you through that process if it's hard because I know it was hard for me and many of my family members and even having like one person to talk with about okay you know what kind of therapist should i look for or and where do i find them and then how do i go through the process of setting up my first appointment and then like what do i do at my first appointment yeah. um maybe we should even do an yeah. episode on that or something yeah i think that's <laughs> a great great idea and you know in the meantime we'll just put some resources um in the show notes for you to explore maybe some blog posts and um organizations where they can find you find a therapist and um someone that will be a good fit there's so many good resources out there yeah well this has been a beautiful conversation and i i really hope that it has given you support in your process of grieving around the holidays, whatever that looks like. And before we go, we wanted to ask you a couple questions. So the first question, what new tradition will you be starting this year? Things look so different this year. And what what better opportunity than now to start something new as far as traditions around the holidays. So we'd love to hear what you're doing. Um, You know, write to us, send us a message or write to us on Instagram. We'd love to hear it. And the next question, what will you be taking from this season of resilience into the next? So you can um, follow us on Instagram. We'd love to connect with you. My Instagram handle is at Kim Best Creative. And mine is at Limitless Harmonies. Can't wait to see you or talk with you on our next (laughs) Resilient Chat.